ever get the uneasy feeling that you've been fed a lie? Not just any lie, but one that you have believed your entire life and which has guided many of your decisions. Most of the time, we shake off this feeling and go about our lives. But what if that feeling was the key to unlocking everything? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and on each episode of The Big Lie, we'll reveal a new lie that once uncovered has the power to transform your relationships, career, and life. Let's do this. Do you enjoy having great ideas, but not being heard? Or worse, having someone repeat them and get all the credit? Are you happy to continue delivering great work only to be passed over and watch as others from outside the company or your peers get the job? Would you benefit from being part of a community whose focus is on developing the interpersonal skills needed to elevate your career? Hi, I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and I just launched such a community on Slack called Unlock You. If you believe unlocking interpersonal skills is a crucial part of elevating your career, I would love for you to join us. Enrollment is currently open and free. You can go to www.connectioncounselor.com and click on the link to join us. See you soon. Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and welcome to another episode of The Big Lie. We have a very special guest for you today. Stephanie Y. Cole is a storyteller and native New Yorker who loves leadership philosophy, self-help books, science, fantasy fiction, classic comedy, salsa dancing, and calypso music. She has created an oasis of mini stories so that you can escape and reemerge with positive reflection, laughter, and hope. Stephanie has a deep love for old school soul music, vinyl format preferred, and lives, works, and podcasts from Harlem, New York City. She's also a valued member of our Unlock University community. Stephanie, so excited to have you here today. Hello, Joe. I am excited to be here. I have been looking forward to this. You know, our schedules kept, kept you know, kind of clunking against each other, but I'm so excited. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. So um, we've gotten to know each other um, via uh, Unlock University on the Slack website. We've exchanged some emails. We've even had some conversations about career yes. and, and, and strategy. So tell us a little bit about uh, sort of your background and, and how you got to where you are right now. Okay. Well, my background is in marketing, some sales, administration, and uh, just a bit of uh, kind of a lot of everything and a lot of nothing. But I will say, I will say that the common thread throughout my professional career has always been building relationships, connecting with people. I love learning and uh you know, you never, ever stop learning. So one of the things that I like about connecting with you, Joe, is the fact that, you know, you have the gift of uh, mentorship and the community uh, within the Unlock University uh, ecosystem, if you will. It's always, what can we learn? What can we teach each other? What can we teach each <laughs> She can't talk. What can we teach each other? There we go. And I love it. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I've really yeah. enjoyed getting to know you and two things, if I might share that, uh, that I really um, have noticed about you and, and that I really value is one, you know, your openness, right? So you're very open to just sharing and, and getting to know people, you know, your guard is not like default, like, oh, what does this person want from me, which, you know, a lot of people understandably are like that they've been burned. Um, but you're mm -hmm. able to maintain kind of like that openness, which is rare, uh, which is more rare these days. And then also your enthusiasm. So, you know, That's right. you're the type of person that goes with gusto, if you're going to do Let's it, do it. <laughs> That's right. Let's do it. Why not? Especially now. Especially, there's no excuse not to go for anything as we speak. We are still in the midst of a global pandemic. If not now, when? <laughs> oh, wow. 
that's another story. I love it. Well, let's get to know you um, a little bit better. What would you say is your superpower? Yeah, my superpower, Joe, I believe, and I've been told by others, is empathy. Uh, mm. Because of things that have happened in my own life, uh, I believe that I have an ability to connect on a level where the person that I am communicating with has a sense that I understand them at a deeper level. Mm. And because of that, I'm incredibly spongy, I can explain. Sponginess is I absorb the energy around me. So I'm super sensitive to you know things that are said to me. I am very sensitive about the things that I say. I believe in the power of energy and I believe in the power of words. And uh, because of that, I get affected deeply by things that I hear and uh, things that I see more so than others, which is why I have to guard the space around me. And I'm very careful about the words that I speak. Empathy is my superpower. Absolutely. Yeah, that totally resonates uh, with me from what I know of you and and the interactions um, we have had so far. Um, And it's really interesting to me this whole concept of empathy. And I really believe that you don't have to have had the exact same experience to have empathy with a person, but the, I guess the broader range of experience that you've had, it allows you to draw upon that. So if you've lived a very kind of sheltered life and haven't had trials and tribulations, you Mm -hmm. have less to draw from and connect with others. So often people who have the best empathy um, have had tremendous, uh, not judging them good or bad, but have had tremendous experiences in the past that range the gamut from the highs and, and, and the lows. So true. That is so true. And uh, people who know what to say, if you will, they know what to say because they've been there or they have a relationship with what that experience is like. And in order to have that ability to do that, you have to have had the burden of being there or being very close to it. It doesn't come without a price. Yeah. 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 All right. Empathy. Great. Great. So um, let's move to our launching point. It's a quote, a great quote. Love this that you provided to me. I'll uh, go ahead and read it. Okay. Humility is robbery if it downplays your gifts. Balance is where the fruits live. I'll read it one more time. Humility is robbery if it downplays your gifts. Balance is where the fruits live. And it's by at Overly Exclusive on Twitter. So tell us a little bit about um, what the big lie is for you and, and how this quote plays into it. Yes, the big lie for me is when I was younger and even into my adulthood, and even now I'll look at uh, things that are posted or people encouraging other people on the, and they say, you got to own it, you own it, you know, own, own what you have, own it, you know, walk into whatever it is, that gift or that ability, that unique ability that you possess. And to me, the big lie is what if you don't know what that is? If you don't know what that is, or if you don't have a relationship with said gift, what exactly are you walking into? What exactly are you owning? Own what? Own it. Okay, I want to own it, but I don't. What am I owning? So, I believe two things. I I believe a lot of things, Joe. But in regards to gifts, we all possess something unique only unto us. It's kind. Are you familiar with uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, direwolf. Right now, in certain families, you know, families of, of wealth given a direwolf. That direwolf was only unique unto its owner. It, if, if this direwolf was assigned to you, it was to you and only you. I'd like to acquaint the gift as a direwolf. Now, the direwolf lives within us, but if it's not activated, if you're not introduced to it, it'll still be, when a, it'll still be within us, but it will lie dormant just waiting for the time that you recognize it and you introduce yourself to it. But what if you don't know it's there? What if you don't know it's within? So two things can happen. 
Some people know the gifts that they possess. You know your dire wolf is there, but you haven't, you haven't played with it. You haven't introduced yourself with it. It doesn't know your smell. It doesn't know your scent, but you know it's there. You could not approach your gift or not exercise your gift out of fear. Sometimes you have a gift, but it's so powerful to you that you kind of shy off from it. You just, you're not ready. You're not your direwolf. It's just something that's so powerful to you or something that's so intimidating to you. It's not your time to meet your direwolf. It's not your time to walk into your gift, but you know it's there. So it's just a matter of getting used to the presence of your gift, becoming familiar with your gift, not being afraid of your gift, and then you can move forward into ultimately exercising said gift. You're not ready to own it yet, but you know it's there. So it's just a matter of time. Then there's the other part where you have a gift and everyone can see it. Everyone around you can see it. They're looking at they're looking at you, Joe, and they're saying she has it, he has it. Why won't they do it? Why won't they do X? Why won't they sing? Why won't they act? Why won't they go to school to be X? Why won't they, you know, run for office? Why won't they lead this particular group? That's because you haven't quite had the awakening to recognize your gift. You haven't had the awakening to recognize your direwolf, if you will. So you can't fault a person for that because if you don't know it's there, you can't own it just yet. So when you get curious expressions from people, when you tell them to own it, you know, you got this, just do it. If they haven't quite made the connection to recognize what it is, they're stuck. The big lie is telling someone to own it can only work when you recognize what you actually possess. Disappointment can happen when you rush forward owning something that either A, you're not sure about, B, you're incorrect about what your actual gift is, or C, you simply just don't want to deal with it altogether. So I say to that, we all have something, all of us, all of us, if we sit with ourselves, I think, I'm leaning in, Joe, I think that we all have something that we know we can do better than anyone on the planet. We all have a thing. We all have a thing. The question is, will this be the day that you recognize it? Will this be the day that you own up to the fact that you own it, or will you just live in denial. We all have it. And this pandemic, I think, because we're all sitting at home, literally sitting at home, we've had a lot of time to think. We've had a lot of time to think about what we really want to do, what we're really good at, what really makes us happy. And for some of us, we've been given an opportunity because we can't go anywhere. <laughs> we, can't do anything. we can't do anything. We can do a lot of thinking and we do a lot of Netflix. And during this time, there's been an awakening of sorts. People are now, because actually they're bored, they've had no other choice but to finally come to terms with the thing that they've been running away from, the thing that's been there all along, waiting for them to recognize and then grow it and cultivate it. And what I see happening, when we get to the other side of this pandemic, the other side, and when doors start to open again, there's going to be a wave of people changing direction. There's going to be a wave of people walking into, finally, what they were meant to do. Because they couldn't do anything else because other things were shut down. So I love this insight. I love the metaphor of the uh, wolf. <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> and, and it really resonates with me when you say that, you know, each of us has this unique ability and to do something. You know, I'm a big believer in that. One point I would love to explore a little bit more deeply. With Let's you do it. Let's do it, Joe. Let's is do it. you use this great word, awakening right? Yes. There's this awakening. So share with yes. the audience your thoughts on 
what that awakening it is, what it is, how it comes about, why sometimes mm-hmm. it gets delayed because because the power, the power. Yes. Preach it, Joe. Preach it. The power <laughs> has to begin with yes. the awakening. There is no yes. power without the awakening. It is so true. So anti true. Up. You got to anti up so and true. have awakening. So tell us a little bit about how that plays into the into the process and what you've experienced and seen in your life. Yes, the awakening is key. I'll give you a story because I'm a storyteller at heart. Okay. Take said young man. I'm going to flip it because I'm a woman. I'm going to flip it to a young man. Take said young man. He's very attractive. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, he's a 15. Stop talking about me, Stephanie. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. know. On a scale from 1 to 10, he's a 15. However, however, he doesn't see himself as a 15. He just sees himself as, you know, just a regular guy, like a smooth 7, 6, seven but in actuality the man the young man is a 15 one five he's beyond 10 he goes through life and people kind of look at him like good grief what a beautiful human being he looks back at them like what are you talking i don't understand and people they don't necessarily tell him but they sort of expect a certain type of response from him because of what they see Mm. while he's just like i i'm just here i'm just going to school i'm just going to work why are you looking why are people what what's going on doesn't get it until the awakening (laughs) one day he comes across a situation where he either needs someone who has the ability to give him qualified feedback and he says young man Have you considered modeling? Have you considered acting? Have you considered whatever? And he says, why would I? I I just want to just go to school and, you know, maybe get a job in an office and and just take care of my parents and hopefully maybe find, find someone to marry. What are you talking about? And the person says, well, let me show you the things that you can do. I'm using something very obvious, but let show you the things that you can do with what I see. And I'm qualified to tell you that what you have is absolutely legitimate and you can do some things with what I see in you. But he doesn't believe it. He can't see it because all his life, he's just been just, you know, then the awakening happens and it starts to all make sense now. In his mind's eye, he, it starts to click. When I do this, I always get this type of response. When I say this, I get that type of response. When I go to these places, I get this type of impact on the people around me. Perhaps what this person is is telling me is true, but I don't see it. So the awakening can only happen. It's, I should say, the awakening gets activated within you. Even though you're close to getting it, ultimately, you are the one to turn the key. If everybody is telling you you should be a thing and everyone around you is telling me you should do a thing, it doesn't carry the same amount of weight as you believing it yourself. There's people telling you what they think you have and what they believe you should do, and you trust these people, but do you believe it? The awakening, the awakening is when it finally clicks in you and you get it. Here's the caveat that I have found in my life. Once the awakening happens, you cannot go back to unknowing. Once the awakening happens and you come face to face with what you know is your unique ability or your gift, you cannot go back to unknowing. You are now responsible for paying your gift forward. If you do not activate, execute, and grow your gift, it is now on you. That is the price of the awakening. If you don't know it exists, you can just kind of, you know, seamlessly go in and out, 
through life and not really know. But once you know, once it's been confirmed in you, once you have confirmation that this is what I am here to do, this thing, this is what I can use to change the space around me, this thing. Once you have that, you cannot go back to unknowing and you are now accountable for using your gift. You don't have to, it's your choice, but you're accountable. So uh, a, a couple things you said really um, resonate with me. And, and one of them is that whole concept of other people, especially people who care about you and who you trust being a mirror for who you really are. Because sometimes we can't see it ourselves. Sometimes we need a little feedback from other people to truly tell what we're about. Because like you said, you know, they can sense that about you. Um, and the other thing that I love that you said is, is this whole idea of accountability, right? Like once you know that gift, you know, you really don't have an excuse of ignorance now to deny that, not to be too dramatic, but to deny it from the world, right? I mean, this is your purpose, you know, for to contribute. It, that's your gift. That's the reason why it was given to you. So the, the thing that I would love to get your perspective on is I would say the majority of people, even after this awakening, they do not embrace that gift at all, or if they do, they don't embrace it right away. There is a almost like a hero's journey, you know, like Joseph Campbell, and it, it takes a long time for them to come out of the cave and be like, yeah, I'm going forth from my village. I'm going to serve. This is my gift. Why is that? What, why is it so hard for us to embrace our gifts and, and take up mm -hmm. the challenge, so to speak? Yeah, that's an easy one. Roles. If, if, if your role in your circle is X and you have been successfully fulfilling your role as X, and if your role is neatly plugged into a matrix that depends on you playing the role of X, your gift upon your awakening may be a W. And that W may have the potential to unplug you from that matrix because you have to move it to a, a different space on the circuit board. The fear of upsetting the balance can keep you frozen in place with the awakening, with knowing what your gift is because you don't want to upset the balance and buck if you will, your role. There are a lot of people dependent on you playing your position. We need you to continue to play the role of X because if you continue to play the role of X, it will allow all of us in the ecosystem around us to move forward. We're depending on that now. If it means that you don't necessarily get to fulfill your gifts, well, sorry, but we need you to stay in that position. So the answer to your question, upon awakening, there are some that have a uh, feeling of being uncomfortable with upsetting the balance of the ecosystem by moving on a position even if it means moving out of position to fulfill their calling or their gift. It's very powerful. It will keep you in place. Yeah. And I love um, the way you describe that in terms of roles, because that to me is a very real fear. I it's mean, very people real. do not like you changing up the game, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I see this, um, at work all the time and also in families, right? So you may come in at a certain level and you start to rise. People don't like the fact that you started beneath them and maybe you're gonna go above them. Or in a family, you know, you may start it out as the baby, right? But you become the most accomplished. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe your older siblings don't like the fact that you're outshining them. And, and they, whether consciously or unconsciously, will do everything to try to keep you in your lane. They do not want you moving out. And the knock-on effect is, as you've described, is you can't grow, right? You can't grow if you're stuck in one space. You need to be able to expand. 
And I, I think the, I think the shame is, you know, when people can accept that and, and, and encourage you to grow, it actually helps them grow as well. It's, it's not a zero sum game, although we often perceive it to be that way through our own fears and our own insecurities. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it takes courage. It takes courage to uh, change lanes. And oftentimes this may happen later in life when you have a bit more, you know, uh, experience, you know, you have a bit more like strength within a bit more fortitude. Like, you know, I have some age on me now. I have a bit more experience. I'm going to just step out here and do it. But let's say you're younger. Let's say when other people's opinion of you carry so much more weight, that's when it, 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 it gets difficult to do. But the catch 22 is, if you're a younger person and the opinions of others mean so much more and you sort of get locked into that position into your adulthood and you stay there, the longer you stay there, the harder it is to move. At what point in adulthood do you wake up to say, I'm going to do what I need to do for myself? So I guess it depends on who's in your corner, you know, sometimes you may have to step out by yourself. It, it, it happens, you know, you're playing a particular role. You finally discover what that thing is you want to do is you decide that you want to now step out and do something for yourself or fulfill your own calling or move forward to what your heart's telling you to do. You decide you want to do that. Huh. Unfortunately, not everyone's going to agree with it. And you have to have, because it affects them. Do you see what I'm saying? They're, they're, not, they, they're not agreeing with it. And they're not necessarily saying that what you say your gift is isn't true. They're not disagreeing with that. They're disagreeing with the discomfort that will come about with you moving out of position. That's what they're pushing against. But you have to say to yourself, Despite all of that, I'm willing, if need be, I'd rather not, I'd rather not, but if need be, I'm willing to step out on my own and do it anyway. I'm willing to do it. And sometimes you take baby steps. Sometimes you step out and it's still too much. You know, the, 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 the apron string or whatever pulling you back is still pretty, pretty strong. But that's one forward step that you didn't do yesterday. And you go back to the circuit board and you plug yourself back in and you're like, today is not the day. But you, you made the step. You made the step. Good on you. Then maybe another time down the road, you're feeling strength again. You're feeling really frisky. You're like, I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling good. I think I'm going to make a move. And you step out again and it's further than before, but it's still not all the way out. But that's good. Because X number of months and or years ago, the thought of even stepping out was a dream. So the fact that you even had any advanced forward motion, that's a good thing. And then you keep having more, more steps, a little bit more, a little bit more, a, a little bit more. And before you know it, you can look back and actually see that, you know what, I'm, I'm doing okay. And you, you start to encourage yourself. You start to encourage yourself because if you're looking, it's nice to have a cheerleader. It's nice to have, you know, someone guiding you. That's, that's such a luxury and it's beautiful. But sometimes, Joe, you have to cheer yourself. Sometimes you have to reach all the way down within yourself and look yourself in the eye and say, we're going to do this. I'm looking around and it's just me. <laughs> let's just let's just go. Does that make sense? Oh, you, yeah. You're getting what I'm saying to the congregation, Joe. Ha, 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 hallelujah. All right, so, there you go. Pass so, the plate and the ammunition. You know, one of the really interesting things um, that I was, uh, that you're bringing forth to the surface is, as you were just explaining um, in that last segment, is if you think about that concept of roles, right? And then the roles exist because it's you and other people. So there's like a relationship, right? And then they're in their role, you're in their role, and you reach sort of a, 
um, like a stasis or a homeostasis, right? Where everything's balanced, right? So what that says to me, and I always try to think of things in terms of like a physical metaphor. If you say you and Stephanie, you and I are friends, we have some business relationship and you start moving in a certain direction that's different than what, where I expect you to be, right? Okay. There are two different, there's a quality that I can have that will affect how that works out. If I am very rigid and I say, no, I am here, Stephanie must be here. That cannot change. As soon as you start moving, guess what? We're going to break, right? Right. right? But if I have more of um, a flexible mm -hmm. attitude, then yes, you are going to change, but I'm going to change too and we'll grow in ways, maybe not the way I expected, maybe not even the way I wanted, but not in a bad way because you are growing to your full potential and that's right. you know, informing me. And the other thing that I really kind of thought of, and I've been thinking about this lately, um, there is, you know, especially still today, a very gender factor to this, right? Where you take wives, mothers, sisters, mm -hmm. they are expected to play their role. And oh, yeah. Sometimes for them to step out and come into their full power, wow, look at all these people relying on them. They're holding this together. They're holding that together. And that can really um, affect their decision. Now, whether their family would accept that or not is one thing. But then to your point, it's like, what, do you, what are you going to do? What is the choice you're going to make? Are you even going to test it? Or are you even going to try to go for it and help, you, help your family sort of understand? Or are you just going to say, no, no, now's not a good time. And then you end up like you're like 70. And mm -hmm. when is the right time, if that makes sense? Right. There'll never be a great time. There'll be an okay time. There'll be a really bad time. But if you need everything to line up, you'll be waiting. You'll, you'll be waiting and time, time doesn't stop for anyone. So you'll be waiting and you'll look up and now you're ready, but physically, you know, you don't have, you don't, it's gone, you know, so you have to decide, um, you know, is today the day? And what I've learned, Joe, is you can do it in a billion steps. I think sometimes people see this as huge, you know, gargantuan steps that you have to take in order to make an impact towards the thing that you ultimately say you need to do. No, you can take tiny steps, you know. Think of it this way. If you leave a running, a running faucet, um, just running forever, eventually it's going to flood the floor. Now, it may take a very long time for it to rise above the basin level and then start spilling, you know, onto the bathroom floor. But eventually, and, and there's a stopper there, eventually it's going to rise. Eventually it's going to spill over. And that's when you can see that there's a problem, you know? So when you look at it, it's like drip, drip, drip. That's nothing. It's just a bunch of drops. Yeah. But if that, if that particular sink has been dripping for a year straight, two years straight, three years straight with the stopper in the basin, that floor is now, wet and now it's rising so after an extended period of time of consistent steps repeatedly now you can actually see the impact of what you're doing and i think sometimes people think that they need to actually see the flooded floor first it's like how about some tiny some tiny drops you can manage a tiny drop you can manage it but some people think it's not enough it's like ah a year, two years, or an extended period of time, oh, it's enough. A cavity, right? You go to your dentist. Your dentist looks in for your checkup, and he says, Joe, I'm seeing something back there. It's tiny. It, it's tiny, but I'm going to need you to, you know, kind of take care, watch what you eat, and make sure you floss and brush, whatever, and you're like, okay. You don't pay attention, and now, over a, a period of time, that teeny cavity is now a crater, and we're looking at root canal. And it was teeny, it was manageable. It was the tiniest thing. Now we have a problem. Now you can't sleep at night. Now, you know, you have headaches because of the pain in your jaw. When before, when it was the tiniest thing, it seemed like eh, nothing, but left unattended to grow and grow over an extended period of time. Now it's something that you can easily see. From a distance, your jaw is like this big. It's impacting your life. So this idea of um, 
you know, things not being black and white, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's not like you have to quit your job, divorce mm -mm. your partner, nope. uh, you know, move out of the house. It, it's, it doesn't have to be an extreme thing is what I hear you saying, as long as you are moving, moving forward in the right direction. Um, you know, one thing that's always interesting to me, you know, when we're talking about purpose and, and, and your gifts, mm -hmm. and, and I kind of bundle those a little bit together, mm -hmm. um, is the fact that sometimes figuring that out requires a level of self-reflection and, and quiet and introspection that we do not really do much these days. We're not comfortable with. Um, yeah. It's just really that kind of... Um, I don't mean meditation like, you know, Zen, oh, know. but like, you know, yeah. thinking, thinking thoughtfully about, about your life. And, and there's been a few occasions in my life where I've had the opportunity to do that almost because I was forced into it. Like I'm in a situation mm -hmm. where I'm in a different country, don't have many colleagues or, or friends there with me. And I'm spending a lot of time like alone. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, like the thoughts that bubble through about who oh, you yeah. are, yeah. where you are, what you're meant to be are like way deeper than when you're watching Netflix, playing a video game, reading a book, going to a movie, mm -hmm. whatever. You don't even scratch the surface of what's really going on in your life. It's, it's, it's a powerful thing to really sit with you, to sit with yourself. Um, for uh, a lot of people, it's difficult to do nothing. It's difficult just to sit, unless you're, if you're ill, well, you're just going to lay there. And, and even if you're laying there, you know, you may still be scrolling your phone. You know, you may still be, you know, looking television in the distance or whatever. But it is challenging, myself included, it is challenging to sit with you, to sit with you and pull it within and take inventory. It's challenging because all of us are given the same number of uh, hours in a day, all of us, doesn't matter who you are, you get 24, that's it. It's like, well, if I give you an extra, you know, amount of money, can I get 27, 24? That's all you get. That's all you get. And you sit with yourself, and man, whoo, you start to see time wasted. You start to review uh, opportunities that were not taken. You start to think about uh, words that cannot be taken back. You start to uh, think about things that you need to say right now. You start to think about um, things that have not been completed. Very, very challenging, but very necessary. And this pandemic has forced all of us to sit with ourselves because we no longer have the distractions to run to run to to get away from those things that we don't want to necessarily deal with and it doesn't have to be bad stuff like the things that you're sitting with i'm not talking about sitting with like horrible stuff just sitting with just taking stock of your life just taking stock of what's going on with you just taking stock of it no that 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 emotional Brussels sprout that you have to eat mentally, no one wants to do it. But it's 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 something that's that's necessary, and uh, we avoid it until we absolutely positively have to. Yeah, and and I love the word you're using there, like avoid avoidance, because I feel that by avoiding the thing that we have to address, that we have to think about. Mm -hmm. It, it feels better, it's easier, but it's preventing us from seeing or even stepping foot on the path yeah. that we're really meant to be on, the one that leads, you know, we can have different fulfilling lives, but, you know, you know leads to a version of our fullest potential and you cannot cheat. You cannot get there and avoid the hard truths. That's it. That is your reward. Your, the reward of knowing, the reward of the awareness is going through that path of seeing all of your stuff. Mm -hmm. and get to the other side and just have that knowing without going through all of your stuff. 
And if you don't want to go through all of your stuff to see and take stock of, of, of what you need to do or what's going on around you, if you simply don't want to do it, okay, that's, that's okay. But you don't get the reward of knowing. You don't get that. You, you can't have one without the other. It's like, I want to have a clear idea of, you know, what I need to navigate and, and, and you know, how I need to sort of shift and move. Okay, good. Well, in order to do that, you have to sort of take stock and inventory of self. You have to sit with yourself and, and look at your stuff. Got to look at your stuff. And um, sometimes if you're not ready to look at your stuff, that's fine too. It's, all, it's like, you don't want to look at your stuff, you know, that's okay. Now's not the time. Now's not the time as you were. But the people who looked at their stuff and the people who went through and have an awareness as a reward for going through and looking at their stuff, don't hate on them. <laughs> hate on them. Don't hate on them. People who were there don't look down on the people who were not ready to do what you just did. Don't look down on them either. Don't look down. It, it works both ways. So I love what you said about that. And, you know, I think for each person, they have to embrace it like at the right time. For right. Them, right. And we can't know the extenuating circumstances for, you know, them. Sometimes mm -hmm. we don't even know what's going on with ourselves. So how can we judge another person? Right. Right. Um, what's interesting to me is that, you know, if you take a look and you and I both love like leadership books, business books, mm -hmm. books right. And you look mm -hmm. at this huge industry of people selling billions of dollars worth of advice about how to live your most fulfilled life, how to be happy, that sort of thing. I would say a large part of this is kind of what you've drawn out in our conversation today. When you go into the briar patch and through mm -hmm. the pain and, and figure out those, those things, good, bad, and otherwise about your mm -hmm. life and what you're about to be, no matter how difficult it is, everything from that day forward, from when you embrace it, you are feeling fulfilled. It's not easy. It can be hard, you can still suffer, but you, you know it's your purpose, so you feel fulfilled versus the person who's got a very easy life and hasn't approached that yet, and that's fine, right? Because they're ready yeah. to go when they're ready to yeah. go. Fine. Right. Absolutely. Meantime, the, the consequence or the knock-on effect is they will never feel that deep fulfillment because they're just doing other stuff around it, and they're not doing, to your first point, like kind of that that gift. They're not doing what they were really meant to do. And no number of books, mm -hmm. psychology, Chardonnay, pills, whatever, is going to mm -hmm. give you that same deep fulfillment you get from doing what you're put on this planet to do, so to speak. And, and, and also, and I totally agree, and, and, and that sense of knowing cannot be replicated um, in any way, it, like you're saying, through all the different outside sources, it can't be, if it could be duplicated, someone would have done it and, and would have made so much money. It's like, I can avoid all this stuff if I just do this thing. Uh, wait, let me give you my credit card information and let's do it. Let's swipe this card and let's go. Kind of like, you know, you want to slim down and lose 50, 75 pounds with no exercise, no sweat, eat whatever you want, you know, drink no water, Nothing. All I have to do is just just do this thing. Twenty four hours, seventy five pounds done. It's like no, no, no. You gotta you gotta put something. You gotta do some work. Short of surgery, short and even surgery is work because you have to recuperate. There's a bill. You have to pay money. You know you're 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 skirting the the natural way to do it. So there's some risks there because you're kind of taking the shortcut. So. No matter how you slice it, you know, you got to, you got to pay something, you know, but um, yeah, th there's, there's no substitute. There's no substitute for the organic, the organic thing that you can obtain after the awakening and after going through the briar patch that you talked about. That's your reward. That is your reward. And it's only yours. It's, it's only yours. No one can take it from you. No one can uh, tell you what you're feeling. No one can interpret it for you. It is a custom made um, knowing. It's a custom feeling 
deep within, you know what you know, what you know, and it can't be taken away. Yeah, absolutely. So Stephanie, I've really loved this conversation with you and going deep on, uh, on this. We went deep. <laughs> we went deep. <laughs> so let me ask you, what is one concrete step our audience can take now that they know this big lie, right? What is mm-hmm. one concrete step someone could take today to sort of start to shift things and, and make a difference in their life? I think that one small step that they can take is just to sit quietly, if they can, because this may not be possible, you know, but find a place to think about what you possess deep within that you either can do effortlessly, is there something that speaks to your soul? What is that thing? It doesn't have to be necessarily a creative thing because when you, when you talk like that, people think music, art. No, 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 no. You could be the best mentor, teacher. You have a way with communicating with children or communicating with adults, just breaking down concepts in such a way you can take the most complex thing the most complex Einstein type thing. Look at it, blink three times, spit out five words, everybody gets it. That is a gift. So think about that thing. It doesn't have to be creative. It could be you possess a particular um, skill that just when it's executed, when it's initiated, it creates a difference in the world around you. We need that. The world needs that. It doesn't have to be something so grand. You know, people are thinking like, well, do I have to know how to split the atom? No. You know, you, you, you have a way of, of, you know, taking care of children. You have a way of making children laugh. You have a way of putting people at ease. Man, you have a way of putting things in order. You can walk into a situation, look around, and when you leave that space, things are just, everything is in its place. You just know how to put things in order. Maybe you know how to, you know, just make sure that everything is clean. You know, you have, you have a way of knowing exactly what solution to use so that you can eat off the floor. I mean, you just have this way of like the space around you, chef's kiss, spotless, you know? So these are things that are seemingly simple, but to someone who is clueless about the very thing that you do with ease, it's a gift. Find out what that thing, you know what it is. There's something in you that, that starts to glow and starts to blink, 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 when you think about it, even if you don't recognize it, that's it. Because remember, we said sometimes you don't know what it is, but there's something that whenever you see a thing, whenever you hear a thing, whenever you talk about a thing, whenever that thing is said to you, something within you wakes up and looks around. We all have something within us. When we are close to that thing, we perk up, we have more energy, We become extremely interested, whereas we were sleepy before. We're wide awake now, whereas we were ready to leave the place. We want to stay a little bit longer now, whereas we were feeling a bit kind of like sad. We're kind of like, wait a minute, what's this? What's this? What's this? Whereas we were ready to go to sleep, we could work through the night on this thing. That's the thing that you want to get to know. I agree with that 100%. I think, you know, from us uh, being colleagues and talking to each other, mine is, you know, helping people connect and learn exactly. how to connect with others. But yes. after our conversation earlier in the podcast, I think I'm going to stick with being really, 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 really good looking. <laughs> yes. yes, please, 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 because the world, the world needs it. And shout out to Mrs. Joe Kwan. <laughs> making a move, Mrs. Mrs. Joe. I'm not, no, 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 all respect. So, um, Stephanie, really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. Um, I know Me our too. audience is getting a lot out of it. Tell them 
yes. um, a little bit about your work, what you're working on. Would love for you to share about your podcast, how people <laughs> get, can get in touch with you, because there is of more course. stuff need to go around. There is, there is so much more. I have so much to give. This is just, I'm overflowing. Oh, no, stop it. Okay, so my, my podcast is Audio Oasis Storytelling. And basically, like you said at the top of the show, many stories between two and eight minutes long. I live in New York City. Everything moves very fast, except for now. In the pandemic, things are moving a little bit slower, but when the world was open, it moved extremely fast. And I have many stories, you know, ranging from, oh, just look, the website, stephaniycole.com, stephaniycole.com, that is the podcast website, and it's all there. And uh, it's just a great place to just have a soft and fluffy place to land. Check it out. Well, Stephanie, thank you. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Me too. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. I have an exciting update to share. My third book, Unlock Your Connection, Feel Like Family, is available on Amazon.com. Using universal principles, we explore how to unlock more professional success by learning how to connect anyone, anytime, anywhere. Together with Unlock Your Charisma and Unlock Your Executive Presence, these three books form the first segment of my Unlock Your Leadership series. To learn more, go to www.connectioncounselor.com. For questions or to inquire about personal or team coaching, email me at joe at connectioncounselor.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Big Lie. We hope it has an amazing impact on your life. I only have one favor to ask. If you enjoy the show, please tell the one person you know who needs to hear about it and share the link. That's it. Together, we can vanquish these illusions that are holding us back.